come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Take it away. And welcome back to the podcast from outer space. It's another smooth one. It's your boy Rob Scott. We got filling in for teabag tonight. The overt and ostentatious sexy Lexi is in the house. What up? And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Aloha, witches and warlocks. And as we are creeping our way through October, full of ghosts, ghouls, and uh, machete-wielding maniacs, we decided to dive into the second biggest horror franchise of them all, Friday the 13th, baby. Yes, once again, it's that time of year, the long-awaited, highly anticipated, I hear the crowd, Halloween special once again has returned, and as Rob said, this All Hallows' Eve, we are getting into So, guys, it's no secret. I mean, every Halloween we put together these uh, horror-related episodes. I think since the Halloween special started, we've been focusing on film, pop culture-type stuff. R.L. Stein, I believe, was the first one. We had Ghostbusters, Alfred Hitchcock. Um, got a lot of good ones out there. Check yeah. them out. And, again, this is becoming a bit of a tradition. We've got Lexi Ray filling in. <laughs> she is, as, as you could say, she, this year... She is our Halloween special. Yeah, and not not only that, she wow. is the Jack Skellington of the podcast because she has saved Halloween this year, guys. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Oh, yes. Round of applause, five, round five, of applause perfect. because, you know, Adam, T-Bag, God bless him. Uh, the little guy's got some personal stuff going on, you know. Some priors, wasn't able to make it tonight. Yeah, so uh, prayers and condolences out to our very own T-Bag, you know. Wish him the best, and uh, hopefully he'll be back in the saddle for next episode. Yeah, it's free like T-Bag. Dr. Dre. Free T-Bag, as they say. You guys are making it sound like he's, like, dead. Well, no, he's not dead. To he's me, just, he is. He needs to be <laughs> freed. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's not dead. He just needs to be freed. And maybe this could be, like, the roast of T-Bag, you know? He's not here to defend himself. The Halloween oh, roast. No, <laughs> the Halloween roast. Teabag jack-o'-lantern. Uh, okay, yeah, so we're, so we're off of it. You know, um, Lexi, she has saved Halloween, so uh, we Thank tip you. our hats to you, madame. Now, as I said, we've been focusing on pop culture, so we thought long and hard about this one, and we figure how. We've covered Halloween. We've covered Michael Myers. Um, let's get into another of the top-tier successful slasher franchises of all time in Friday the 13th. Uh, so in this Halloween edition... We will get into the man himself, Jason Voorhees, the films, the true stories, and we've even thrown in a history of superstitions, bad luck, that type of shit, you know? And um, while we're at it, we can even get into a little horror slasher debate, because I think we have, uh, between the three of us, all horror fans, and we got a range of opinions on this stuff. Um, So get ready for a heavily opinion-filled episode. Um, Spoiler alert. (laughs) Now, right up top, what do you guys remember? What do you know when it comes to Jason? Like, is there any nostalgia there for you? Um, And please, uh, so we know this going in, rattle off your favorite of of the series of the films, you know? Okay, so I'm going to start off by saying I thought it was Voorhees. I never knew (laughs) it was with a V until this moment. 
Um, but I guess <laughs> Jason Voorhees. <laughs> I thought that's what they always said. Okay. Um, and that's really the my only memory, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't remember. I saw it when I was like a child. I, I barely remember yesterday. There's no way I'll remember when I saw it. But whatever. Scary stuff. Love the movies. I would have to say my favorite one is, to be honest, probably the more recent ones. Just because, what's the one we watched? Okay. Fre- Freddy vs. Jason or the new like 2009 or no, Ghost like, to remake. Hell? Ghost to Hell was good, but that's not one of the new ones. Like the, the newer one that we watched were those dipshits oh, or like the cabin. Two thousand nine. That's, yeah. that's the remake. Yeah. Oh well, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I thought that one's good as well. Uh, the remix edition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. <laughs> now, were you scared of Jason at all? Like, is there any fear there? Is there any? Uh, well, just... probably not, because she thought his last name was Forhees. Or yeah, did no, you just I'm think? Not scared. Cool. Okay, okay. I'd fuck him, but I wouldn't. You know. <laughs> Oh, okay, here we go. Maybe Ryan needs to um, shave the head again. All right, yeah. Uh, so now, wearing a hockey mask. Hey, some might say I'm as ugly as Jason, so hey, I relate yeah. to that. No one says that. Now, yeah, I'm pretty sure no one's ever said that. Okay, Rob, how about you? You were a big horror maniac when we were kids, so what do you got? Maniac. Uh, well, obviously, I would say the OG probably is my fave, you know? Got to lay that one down. Okay, really? And then uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Jason o- X. OG, as in the one where his the, mom was yeah, the killer? Yes, okay. The, the 1980 first one. Oh, well. Yeah, we should probably say that up top. <laughs> this is going to be heavily uh, spoiler filled yeah. if you haven't seen the films. They've been out for a uh, couple decades. <laughs> yeah, you know, just 40 years. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. All right. Yeah, for me, Jason, uh, what is it, six? Jason Lives. All-time yes. favorite installment. And I believe this is because this was one of the first ones I remember seeing. And it scared the living piss out of me. Uh, I, re- I, don't, I don't know if it's just nostalgic for me, but I, I believe it still holds up because I recently watched it. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this into the debate segment, but I think in terms of slasher villains, Jason has always been uh, probably my favorite. Wow, really? your favorite? Oh yeah, that's what I said. I'm a I'm a big Jason fan, you know, and we'll get into it in the debates. Um, I've I've backed it up with sound reason and logic, but you know, hey, I'm saying right up right up top, Jason, one of my favorites, if not your favorite. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, let's hop right into it. You know, we'll get into uh, get into some of the uh, films because for those that don't know, um, Friday the Thirteenth. Born in 1980, American slasher film produced and directed by Sean S. Cunningham and written by a one Victor Miller. Now, the franchise as a whole has 12 films, TV series, novels, comic books, video games, and, of course, merchandise. 1980 was 40 years ago? Jesus Christ. Sad sad but true. Yeah, it does not feel like it was that long. Makes me feel old as fuck. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So, for those of you that don't know, uh, Sean Cunningham, who is the pro- who is the director, is also known for producing Last House on the Left with the homie Wes Craven. You know, another horror guy for uh, all you horror fans out there, horror freaks out there. Uh, also, Victor Miller is the guy that wrote this. He wouldn't only associate himself with the first film. He didn't think, he thought this was just going to be like a one-off, you know, Mm -hmm, hey, let's mm -hmm. cash in on the slasher films while they're hot right now. And then, you know, let bygones be bygones, baby. But 
he is credited with the creation of the mass killer that we all know and love, Jason Voorhees, or Voorhees for those of you out there. Oddly enough, this guy would go on to uh, win several daytime Emmys for writing on All My Children and Days of Our Lives. So, you know, kind of a weird jump to go from slasher films to daytime soap operas. But, you know, tip of the hat to this guy because he got it done. I mean, that's that's a writer. That's a creative writer by definition. You know, he can do anything. Does it all. <laughs> now, he thought okay. he was just writing slasher films. Next thing you know, he's writing soap operas. Yeah. Now, as you said, the original film created a cash in on the success of Halloween, which was in 1978. We talked about this on our Halloween episode. So without John Carpenter's Halloween, there is no Jason, arguably. Damn. Yeah. Now, released May 9th, 1980, uh, the original film had a budget of 550 k pulled in a whopping 59.8 million at the box office. So budget to earnings ratio. That's what we call a box office hit, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's through the roof. Um, that's a real, what is it called? Blockbuster is the term? No. <laughs> yeah, blockbuster hit, right? Oh, maybe. It <laughs> doesn't sound familiar to me. Box office smash. Okay. That sounds more. Smashing success. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A monster mash. Oh. Definitely. Okay, so before we get down to the uh, the whole plot, the film lineage, uh, I just want to drop some fun facts on you guys. That uh, this the first film we're talking about here was actually filmed on location in Blairstown, New Jersey, at a Boy Scout camp. Oddly enough, and uh, you know from the documentary I watched, it said that they made a small donation to Boy Scouts of America, and they got to uh, film there for a couple weeks in the off season. Uh, also, this was one of the first major films that Kevin Bacon was in and featured a small role played by A1 Bing Crosby's son. Now, who was Bing Crosby's boy in the film? Who did he play in the film? Just one of the guys that gets fucking marked. Oh, I wish I would have known that. Now I want to rewatch it. His name's like uh, Harry, I believe. Not in the film. I don't know. Okay. It's just like one of the counselor guys that just gets marked, just like Kevin Bacon does. Okay, very interesting. Um, also, one more fun fact while we're talking about Kevin Bacon. Uh, they couldn't find fake blood, so they actually used an animal's blood for that scene where uh, she like pokes the arrow up through oh, the bed fuck. and kills kills Kevin Bacon. That's brutal. So he had to like sit there for like a couple takes while they're just squeezing like sheep's blood or something. I forget exactly what it was, but that's pretty hardcore. gnarly. That's now awesome. what they just get that at a butcher shop or they <laughs> probably <laughs> they I don't just know. found an animal. <laughs> <laughs> Slaughtered it. Yeah. Just killed okay. it on sight. <laughs> okay. Now I mean plot basis of the film, we all know the story of Jason Voorhees, correct? Uh, yes, you know, we do. Young boy who is often teased by these goddamn savages in this town, and he drowned at Camp Crystal Lake due to the negligence of the camp staff. You know, uh, they're out there going to Bone City. Yeah. He's and out there swimming, doesn't know how to. And that poor boy drowned. Now, de- decades later, uh, the lake is rumored to be cursed. Uh, it's even nicknamed Camp Blood. So you catch YG hanging out there. Um, so, you know, this summer camp becomes like the setting for a series of mass murders. Jason is featured in all of the films as either the killer or the motivation for the killings. A motivational killer. I like it. 
So it's as we said, you know, in the first film, it's not even Jason doing the killings. Spoiler alert. You know, we got Pam Voorhees. um, Pamela. (laughs) Yeah, Pamela (laughs) from The Office is stalking and murdering (laughs) these kids. And it's, you know, it's the camp is reopening. She's saying, you know, these guys, my son drowned. Uh, And she's like, hey, these guys got to be punished. They got to be put down by the hands of my machete. Uh, and she goes batshit crazy, starts murking these young kids. Now, you know, first thing that comes to my mind is that this is very reminiscent of Psycho, you know, minus him killing his mother, obviously. Okay. But, and it's uh, a little reverse, right? Yeah. You, you know, son, mother connection. Yeah. You know, it's uh, perhaps can be said that these guys have some deep seated mommy issues. I mean, that's just a recipe for a serial killer. You know, definitely a little <laughs> bit different than girls with daddy issues. That's for sure, though. Am oh, I right? Oh, Christ. Well, is it, though? Mm, yes. A serial killer versus a girl that just wants to be a freak. So, yeah, I think that's a little different. But but, but they could be serial killers, too. Yes. Name one. Yeah. Um, that that freaking uh, prostitute broad. Eileen? Wow. Yeah. I mean, she, wasn't, she didn't have daddy issues, necessarily. Is there a movie made about a girl with daddy issues that goes on a killing spree through a summer camp? Well... I'm I'm sensing a screenplay. Well, yeah, let's <laughs> jot it down for us. Right? I think that's a copyright trademark for us because we're always thinking of great screenplays. Yeah, go ahead, Bill Shakespeare, write it down. <laughs> okay, but uh, okay. Anywho, you know this is the this is how the faded slasher character Jason is born. Although we don't see him don the popular hockey mask until you know. Obviously, the third installment of the films, but, you know, nonetheless, I feel like that hockey mask has become synonymous with the horror genre as a whole. Definitely. Like, you think that, you see that mask, you're like... Jason. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and... Scary movies happening. (laughs) And you're a big hockey guy, Rob. Big Um, hockey guy. So, did, like, goalies actually wear masks like that? Yeah, they did. Well, honestly, when the (laughs) NHL started... Believe it or not, goalies did not wear masks. Well, okay. And then I feel yeah. like enough of them got fucked up, like busted their teeth out, busted their face, eyes popping out on the ice. They were like, okay, we got to, you know, put something on. But the first hockey mask did look very similar to okay. the Jason mask. Very cool. Okay. So you think Jason may be himself big hockey guy? Uh, I believe he murders and steals it from a kid. So Okay. That the is kid true. is the fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a New Jersey Devils fan. Who knows? Just tie in with the Jersey Devil episode. Check that out if you have a chance. <laughs> now, do you want to get <laughs> onto your whole spiel about Mike? Yeah, you know, so a lot of people think they think hockey masks, they think horror. But, you know, some critics, which we all know are just cynical assholes, will argue that the Friday the 13th is the superior of the genre, which, you know, here at the podcast from outer space, I think we can all agree that's bullshit. You know, Halloween, our boy, Mike Myers, you know, he's the OG laying it down. What are we thinking? Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm sort of going to have to disagree with you on that one. Uh, Now I've got my reasoning. I've got my reasoning, as I said, backed up with sound logic. Um, But I know Lexi here. 
big Mike fan. Yeah, number one Mike fan. Love him. Okay, so no contest, you're saying, Mike? No contest at all. Okay. Like, Agreed. not even, so yeah. two to one. Okay, now, before we kind of get into the debates on Mike, uh, let's just kind of get into some of the films in this catalog, because... I mean, as we got, we, we got about 13 of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I mean, would you say, like, do you guys think, what do you uh, lean into it? Rob, we know you're an OG fan. That's your favorite. How about the sequels? Do you think they sucked? Were some of them good, some of them better? Um, where, where, where do we lie there? Well, I'll just start by saying most of the sequels, in my opinion, do suck. But part three is cool because that's where we see him get the mask. Okay, obviously, yes. Uh, I would say part seven, New Blood, it was, in my opinion, still kind of sucked, but it was cool because they mix it up. It's not just like Jason kills everyone that goes to Crystal Lake. It's this girl with psychic abilities. Okay, yes, I was going to ask him in her dreams. You, know, you like that one? No, I just thought it was interesting that they just decided like, oh, hey, let's throw this in the mix instead of just, oh, these people go to reopen the camp and everyone gets murdered again for okay. the 20th time. <laughs> and isn't that the one with the uh, sleeping bag kill? Uh, that's the new one, I believe. Well, no, no, that's like the new one took it from... From that yeah, one? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think it's that one. Uh, but in my opinion, my favorites of the sequels are jason x okay really and uh freddy versus jason i i think i like it because even though it's not like an amazing film by any means it's like that cover with like the silver hockey mask i always thought that was cool when we used to go to blockbuster and i mean i would argue that that plot is arguably one of the more creative horror plots i mean it's jason cryogenically frozen like Austin Powers. <laughs> he's in the future. He's murdering people on a space shuttle. Yeah. I mean, what, what other slashers in space? That's fucking badass. And not only, it's like they add Basically, like a... Uh, Xenon of... Xenon oh, yeah. Very... Jason. It's sci-fi that Jason. A, that should be a crossover. It's fucking sci-fi Jason. <laughs> yeah, great crossover. And <laughs> Jason X has one of the best kills of all time where he is on... I think it's like when he first gets out, and he dips the, the lady's clink. head in liquid nitrogen and then just smashes her face in. Yeah, that's pretty hard. Okay, that's that's very hard. Uh, <laughs> now, now, how about like... Uh, also, doesn't he fight like a cyborg in that one? I believe he does. So he's fighting AI and winning. Pretty badass. I mean, that's Jason for you. Yeah, I think I would say... Probably my favorite, as I said, Jason Lives. There's no contest there. Just that first opening scene when he gets reanimated by the lightning and it's like the worms on his body and that whole scene, badass. And it's just a fucking great, great uh, entry in the franchise. Also, I would say, I would agree with you on three. Um, We actually just recently watched three and it was like, obviously, yes, badass. That's one where he gets the mask and it was released originally in 3D. So there's it's just like an excuse to like show these 3D shots. 
Like the every bat, the yeah. bat made no sense. Any like there's just an overt use of 3D that like really doesn't make sense unless it's in 3D. So when you're watching this in 2D, it's like <laughs> there's just a stick in the camera. Like at any excuse they get, but that's the only 3D they use. Like it's not like they're getting creative and having like water and different 3D effects. It's always just a stick or like the handle of the axe. The kills or, like, aren't even like 3D. Uh, the one like kill he, is, which like, is badass. When he shoots kill? the, he shoots the spear gun at the bird. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is a very cool, and that's sure, a very yeah. creative way that he filmed that when he's like behind the pole yes. and he shoots her. Fucking badass, and that's the first time we see him kill in the mask, I believe. Yeah. Also, in part <laughs> three, uh, the guy he gets the mask from, so arguably like the biggest contributor to Jason's legacy. Um, is this motherfucker that looks exactly like David Berkowitz. Identical. <laughs> the like, son of Sam. Abs- like a, tw- a twin. I thought that without even speaking to you about it. Like they look I- identical. Exactly th- the same. I thought he kind of looks like the uh, guy that has the dance off with Ben Stiller and uh, Starsky and Hutch. Well, yeah, that too. I've never seen uh, that. Is that the that's same just, guy? The, no, nah, that's just more of an obscure reference, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think you're right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would say those, I do like, um, for some reason, Jason takes Manhattan. I just think it's a fucking, just the, um, what do you call it? The absurdity of the movie. Like it's not even, uh, most of that movie takes place on the fucking boat. Yeah. It's not even in Manhattan. Well, so the, again, the documentary I was watching said they were originally going to shoot there, but it's so expensive to like block off streets in Manhattan that they could only afford to do like two shots of the whole movie actually in New York city. (laughs) Yeah. And what's even funnier is like, we'll we'll just do it on the boat. Yeah. (laughs) We'll just do most of the movie on the boat, even though it's called Jason takes Manhattan. And then when he gets on the way to take Manhattan, when he gets to Manhattan, there's just like buckets of toxic waste. Just laying in like alleys, like, like just open. Avenger? Is that around <laughs> the same time? <laughs> I mean, I that was big. What what was uh, Manhattan was eighty nine. So yeah, I mean eighties. I feel like that whole thing was big in horror. Like let's add toxic waste and and nu- or toxic waste, nuclear waste in the mix. But just the fact that like that's just laying around in New York City. I mean, maybe we ask Miles. Maybe there really is just buckets of toxic waste laying around in New York. <laughs> I don't think there is. I, w- but I wouldn't be surprised these maybe days. Maybe in the 80s there was. <laughs> yeah. And even when they go in the sewers in the final scene, the guy's like, you better get out of here. Whole place floods with toxic waste this time. Like it just, the toxic waste <laughs> is just, just running rampant in the sewers. Um, but yeah, just the absurdness of that film. Um is badass. And then we were also, okay, we were recently doing research. We're watching fucking Jason Goes to Hell. Okay. And do you not agree that the opening of that movie is very absurd? Just like, it's like this sting operation. It's, okay, a classic entry in the titty horror franchise because (laughs) the one lady's naked in the first scene. Always. And then she's like an FBI agent and they're like sting (laughs) operating uh, Jason and they fucking blow him up. And then the dude eats his heart and like becomes (laughs) Jason. Like it adds a whole new supernatural element to them. Okay, okay. And And it also brings in the dagger, like... Only someone in Jason's bloodline can kill him, and it has to be a special dagger. Like, what is this? The Knights of the Round Table now? <laughs> <laughs> He's king author of yeah. the, uh, the horror genre. 
but yeah, I mean, that's another classic. And yes, I just did rewatch uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Um, I think maybe they're just running out of ideas and they're like, what is the most absurd thing we can do here? Well, and also show some tits. I may, I'm, yeah, it's Jason, lot of titty horror. You could argue that he invented titty horror, but I would say it makes sense. Like, I would have well, to wait, look. Wasn't Last House on the Left? There's a lot of titties in that, isn't there? But they're being raped. <laughs> so, <laughs> because in Friday the 13th, it's like fun titty scenes. You know? They're being murdered. No, no, but the, <laughs> not like all the time. Like sometimes they're like, let's go skinny dipping and smoking weed in the creek, you know? Before Jason kills <laughs> yeah, us but, and ties us up in a sleeping bag and burns us alive. But in the Freddy versus Jason, okay, like maybe I should have done more research because I'm sure it had to do with like the rights. Because you know when, what is it, in Jason Goes to Hell, in the end, when Freddy's hand comes out? Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's like Marvel, dude. Well, so again, going back, harking back on this uh, documentary that I watched was like behind the scenes of all the Friday the 13th, basically. Uh, I believe that it was Cunningham that helped out with that one. And that was like a... That wasn't supposed to be like, a, hey, we're about to do a crossover. It was supposed to be like a, a tip of the cap to Wes Craven. Oh. but Because like, uh, I can't think now of the other, I should have fucking wrote it down. But basically like Wes Craven did like a tip of the cap to John Carpenter and like all these guys that. Yeah, because they're all homies, right? Yeah, all these guys that are big in horror movies kind of like see what they can sneak in from like the other guys movies just to be like hey like basically like i wouldn't be here without you kind of thing yeah okay which i think is pretty cool but i think it is cool that it would could have been like a hint for a crossover because as i said that's like you know marvel puts those little hints in their movies like can you imagine being a horror fan and seeing that in theaters badass yeah but also in that movie, like it makes sense that they have them pit against each other because I was making connections as I was watching the film. We got, they say it in the film, Jason was killed by water, Freddie by fire. And oh. Freddie is like a child murderer. Jason died as a child. It's like a very fucked up flame boy versus wet Willie. Pisces Scorpio situation. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. And also, did you catch in Freddy vs. Jason, the bully from A Christmas Story is in that? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's like the what? You know the kid in the insane asylum that his brother died? Yeah. And he sees him in the bathtub? Yes, That's yes, the bully yes. from A Christmas Story. <laughs> oh, Scott my Fargus. God. And then also, the plot of Freddy vs. Jason is like Inception before Inception. Because they're in... The, Inception. They're, well, because Freddy kills in dreams. Yeah, but also, remember when they're in the van and she's like, I got to go in. When they have Jason sedated, that's exactly like Inception. They're also in a van. Wow, dude, you're just exposing them. Yeah, Chris Nolan. We know where you got your ideas from. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's where I think we lie on the sequels. Lexi, what, what about you? Favorite of the sequels? Um, do you have a favorite? 
I mean, I hate to follow everyone else, but I <laughs> personally really did like three and maybe just because we watched it. So it's fresh in my mind. We just watched it. But okay. I did really like three just because I felt like, I don't know, it was, I feel like the last one for me, it, 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 as far as the old ones go that like I actually really liked, I, I, I do like the newer ones a lot, but I, the first and second ones are kind of whatever to me, but the third one I, I really liked a lot. Okay. Now, Rob, you're a favorite of the OG. Do you think, would you say that number one has the best jump scare of all time in the end? <laughs> when he jumps out of the lake? Yeah. Uh, debatable. Okay. Because I think, I mean, it's no secret that horror movies that came out in like the early 2000s to now are very like geared towards that jump scare factor like i feel like that is what keeps the people going back to see those kind of movies is like is is anything gonna actually scare me in this or maybe i'm just is that just me or yeah i mean i do kind of like i think the last movie i saw that had a really good jump scare was maybe the nun hereditary the nun you jumped at that I think I, there was one part in that where no. I might have jumped. Well, I mean, it hereditary, is like, no? Maybe. What would you what, jump, yeah, at, what'd in you jump at in Hereditary? When they're like crawling on the ceiling and shit or when at the end when it's like dark in the house and like people keep popping up. Another spoiler alert. Yeah, I was just going to say. We're having a lot <laughs> of no, Okay, okay, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the only one that pops into my mind recently is Signs. Okay, but that's like, you know, <laughs> we were like kids. It's not horror either. Um... Okay, so, you know, it's no secret. As we said, Friday the 13th, considered one of the most successful franchises in the horror genre and in America, I do believe. Um, And that's not only due to the success of the films, as we said, like budget to film ratio, um, but it's also, like you were saying right up top, Rob, the merchandising, um, the, the, the series has become a staple in pop culture. I mean, everybody knows that... You know, everybody knows that song, that infamous hockey mask. Like I don't we think said, that's a song. Well, yeah, it's, it, it's <laughs> is that not on the soundtrack? That's the song. They got music under Pull it. Pull up the soundtrack. Well, we don't that's have time to get it. Just a song. Any. Yeah, I think so. It just they do that for how many minutes? Okay, sound effect. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's um, the correct terminology. Yeah. Song, please. Great song. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Please. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, Jason, he's right up there with Michael. Um, Well, you said he's better than Mike. Well, I do think that. And it's a staple. You return to it every Halloween. You You don't watch Halloween every Halloween? Well, I do. But I'm saying, you know, Friday the 13th, it's it's become a classic. Um, Well, you know, Jason is more like the LeBron. He wants to be like Mike. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So we've all seen the film, right? Which film? <laughs> all of them, yes. We've seen all of them. We've I don't know if we have seen all of them. Well, we have. We I don't have. know if I have. I definitely have. I have also. <laughs> <laughs> I was mainly speaking about Lexi. I just didn't want to single her out. Okay, what re- the fuck no, no, okay. Rhetorical question. <laughs> oh, Rhetorical God, okay. question. Okay, but who do we think, you know, ho- all horror flicks made, who has the biggest body count? What were we thinking? Oh. Now, when we say horror flicks, we're including any slasher in the mix? Like, any any who slasher. Who are you thinking that wouldn't be on the list? 
No, I'm just thinking, I'm trying to think of the whole list. (laughs) We're talking fictitious horror films. Get specific. Okay, 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 okay. Hmm. Fictitious horror films. Has the biggest body count. And we're not talking about Ice T. Oh, dude. The scream guy. Yeah, I was gonna say right off the dome. I'm he thinking maybe Ghostface. He's fucking killing, killing, killing nonstop. Because a lot of people are stabbed. That's my favorite franchise of oh, all. Okay. Okay. Wow. So good. We should have brought that into the mix a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. So just looked it up for reference. Ghostface's body count is about fifty over all of the films. And is that There's just no the original, right. or is that are we counting every sequel in I'm, there? I just looked up Ghostface okay, okay. body count. Okay, okay but I then again, there, into it. there's also only four screams. There's fucking 12 Friday the 13th. I didn't even think of okay, it that way. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I'm going Jason then. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Jason does take the top of the list. He has an estimated 158 victims. Uh, okay. Holy nar- Toledo. Narrowly beating out our boy Mike, you know, our fave Mike, me and Lexi at least. Okay. Uh, Love he's you, got Mike. A, he's got 111 estimated. Okay. And then Freddy Krueger, I had coming in at thir- third with 43, but now we're saying Ghostface had 49, so that bumps Freddy down to number four. What about little old uh, Chucky? What's he at? No, Chucky, he's not even Chucky, close. Chucky. Why did we say Ghostface? I don't know I why don't know. we both yeah. thought that. I just that feel that, like that's a lot of stabbing. I just feel like, yeah, I remember a lot more stabbing. But, uh, oh, wait, but a lot of those people don't die. That's true. But he stabs a lot of people that live. Okay. Okay. That's true. Sorry. We're idiots. As of 2017, (laughs) with the release of Cult of Chucky, his body count is roughly 38. Okay. Now how about- he's number five. He's top five. Where do we got uh, Leather? While you're at it, look up Leatherface and Pinhead. I don't think Pinhead is that high, dude. Well, we'll find out. Leatherface has 85, actually. Okay. So Leatherface is up there. Leatherface is actually now number three. Yeah, Pinhead, 35. Okay. So top three, Mike, or Jason, Mike, Leatherface? So this has Jason Voorhees at 150 estimated. Mike is at 133 estimated. The Invisible Man is estimated at 123. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hannibal Lecter estimated 100 victims. Okay, this is like a little bit. This is Jigsaw is 60. Ooh, didn't I really would think, think about that. I think he would be more. Yeah, same. Yeah. Freddy Krueger is only at 40 on this list. Okay. But again, also Jigsaw tortures, not necessarily yeah, those pe- people also all don't die. And this yeah. has this list has Leatherface at only 35 kills. Hmm. So that's okay, a big difference. Well, he doesn't numbers. really kill. I mean, he does kill people, but it's not like he goes out for them. Like they have to go to him to be killed or they yeah. have to be in, in like his town. Yeah. Okay. Now also like when we're counting Jason's kills, I saw a number that was 181. But that was also including like his mom and number, is it five where it's like the copycat killer? Yeah, but I also wonder if these people are idiots and are just counting all the kills from Friday the 13th, which all the ones pretty much except for one from number one would be not his, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, also, wait, what do you mean? (laughs) Oh, he doesn't (laughs) kill that chick until the second one. Never mind. The chick from the end of the first one, you know? Yeah. The second one, he kills her in the beginning. Okay. 
All right. So given all of this, uh, let's get into the debate because it's no secret. We said up top, uh, Friday the 13th was made to cash in on the success of Halloween. So given that, cash. <laughs> and I think we know the answer for you guys. Which and one's for you? Right here. Which <laughs> one's better? Myers or Voorhees? On the spot. Myers. Yeah, I'm going to say our boy Mike. Okay, I'm going Voorhees now. But why? Well, this guy likes to be a little different. Hear me out. Now, I have a lot of thoughts here, and this is all backed up, as I said, by reason and logic. Which we know is false. So a couple things. Because obviously, Michael is the first. uh, He's the OG Halloween. Exactly. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece in filmmaking, not just horror in film. Um, It's just a great film in general. It got creative. It broke ground in the industry. And I do think the idea of Michael is definitely cooler. You know, super fucking metal. You know, just this little kid born purely evil. Michael Myers, no reason for his evil nature. Born evil, and at the age of six, it just clicked. You know, he stabs his older sister with scissors, correct? Correct. Brutal. Okay. Uh, Now, Jason Voorhees, he's a pretty normal child, you know? But is he? I mean, did they... Pretty abnormal child. Well, hear me out here. Hear me out here. Um, You know, he was born pretty normal. Bit of a waterhead, I'd say, right? He's he's a little bit on the spectrum. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But I don't think he was full spectrum. I don't know. Like I mean, a little, like he was a little slow, maybe like a Forrest Gump. Type. Yeah. Okay. Um, bullied because of this condition, you know, horrible, horrible. Um, and and he didn't turn evil until he drowned due to these stupid fucking camp fucking counselors. Them, yeah, they're so. off. They're well. Uh, did he actually drown though, or? Okay. Now we're getting debatable. Into this. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so each of these. <laughs> So each of these, you have like the opposite. You know, you have the age old question, you know, are serial killers born evil or do they become evil? No. Do they become evil? Become. Well, like, despite what you think, I mean, this is a question that's been asked since the dawn of time, but each one of those films is pulling at this philosophy, yes? No. Uh, How how no? I mean, just because Michael, the first part of it that we saw of him that he was a killer i mean you don't know what happened to him before that age it didn't show him as a younger child you don't know what he went through to get to that point yeah he ain't a killer but don't push him but you're not saying he was born evil loomis says that but how does loomis know did loomis raise him he was his doctor yeah but from from when at from what age was Loomis his doctor That's from part of the mystery no, no it's, it's from, not it's from when he killed his sister exactly so, so of course like at six, that point yes but I mean before then as a child we don't know if he was abused we have no idea what he went through until then just because his family looks normal that doesn't mean anything he definitely could have had a lot of trauma he could have his dad could have beat him or there's so many like well I that, think. I think the original intention of the movie was like, he's just this kid that's born evil. But then I think that Rob Zombie kind of took that and obviously 100%. fucked it up and made yeah, him He like gave him a motive. A fucked which up was kid stupid, from like a bro- broken, ho- broken home, you know? His I mean, I'm not even crazy. thinking about that. I, I'm just saying like, we just don't know. But I mean, I'm sure True. this fucker just was a psycho and fucking <laughs> just fucker. did it. But I just... Yeah, like... I, I, I'm just saying there's no evidence. All I'm saying is like just looking at these at face value. Like Carpenter wanted to take just this kid's just evil. He was just born evil and Jason became evil. Agreed. Yeah. At that, from that perspective, totally. I'm just, I'm thinking 
overthinking it. But yes, I mean, from like just watching it, obviously, and like yeah. from that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so like, if we are just going off the first film, right? Mike born evil. Jason became evil. Yes. Um. So Michael, you know, he's this idea of pure evil. I'm gonna say that's more badass. Um. But for me. I, you know, I think I just relate to Jason more, you know? I mean, I, we've all been bullied at one point in our lives, yes? Yeah. Did you, know? you have a, you were bullied? Oh, yeah, absolutely. By we were robbed. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, kids at school, they're mean, and, and everybody can relate to that, I think, you know? And Jason's no different, you know? This, this, this poor kid that's bullied, and we probably, when we were bullied as kids, we wish we could have killed those goddamn kids with a machete and thrown their bodies in the lake, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I <know>? still do. <laughs> uh, so, Maybe not that extreme. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there, you know? Um, now, when it comes to strength. Now, maybe if uh, one of these savages killed your mom, then maybe you yeah. want to. Oh, if I saw yeah. my mom, then, maybe then you it would be take different. that machete <laughs> okay. and kill them. Yeah. Now, when it comes to strength, you know, I'm going to say Jason takes the cake. Are you guys debating that? Just because he was like frozen and shit? Is that what you're basing this off of? No, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not the even. Just he comes busting through doors and shit? Yeah, I don't but even I mean, think Mike it's does a, that too. Well, Mike had his head chopped off so and did came Jason. back. So did Jason. Yeah, I, um, I Mike don't got know blown then. up by uh, the nitrous oxide tanks in the Jason hospital. Jason got blown up by the FBI. Got shot about 30 times. Jason by got blown up by the I, FBI. I, well, then I don't fucking know. <laughs> How's Maybe they're the same guy. You ever yeah. seen him in the same place at the same time? Hey, blue jumpsuit. All I'm saying True. is I think, you know, both of these guys, no question, extremely hard to kill, extremely hard Impossible. to put down. <laughs> yeah. But I'd say over the course of the franchises, if we look at each franchise, Jason has come back from worse injuries. I mean, he just looks like buff like his I, that's body what I'm saying looks too like, and his neck is yeah, huge his neck is so thick I, it looks like a football player looks like a leg and also how about this i'm thinking if jason and mike throw hands mike gets pieced up mm, what does pieced up that. mean like beat up, beat up. Oh, tuned up yeah he he croaks for sure i think yeah. jace would mm, would take him out i, I mean jason already beat freddy <sighs> Yeah. yeah, Freddy's, Freddy's a, bitch. a bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what you guy has damn swords um, for hands. <laughs> so if we just compare the OG films, obviously I'm thinking Halloween takes the cake. Oh, because because the OG Friday the Thirteenth is not even my favorite, and I would argue that most of the sequels are better than the OG. Um, you know, there's more. But I'm saying as the franchise overall, I'm going to go with Friday the 13th. There's just more there that I enjoy watching. Whatever. Well, there's 12 films. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Jason, I'm going to say he gets kind of fun with his kills. You know, he gets creative. Whereas Mike, uh, it's always kind of the same type that's of shit fair. we see. Like Mike, he's, a, he's slow walking, ominous, very creepy, super fucking metal. And he just kills people and like puts them in weird places. Jason's getting creative. He's using spears. He's using fucking anything. machetes, yeah. anything he can find in there. And it's fucking brutal. Um, what about when he dug up his mom's tombstone? Well, yeah, but that's that pretty crazy. But he didn't use that in the kill. He just lugged it around as yeah. like a token. What a fucking weirdo. Again, they're different killers in their own way because I feel like Mike likes to kill people and put their bodies in weird places. And he likes to kill like family or people close to his family. Yeah, whereas Jason, he'll kill anyone, anyone. and anything, and he gets creative with it. 
Okay. Um, Bet. He's also not got a lot going on out there at the camp. Yeah. And I mean, we could also argue that, you know, Jason's a bit of a mama's boy. A Do you bit? ever think about like what he eats? Probably. The that remember we were saying probably the bodies. No, he yeah. doesn't though. Like, wouldn't you see that in them film? Mm, he doesn't. He's modest, you know? Maybe he's actually a zombie and he's just dead already. So well, he doesn't need to he eat. Could, he is technically a zombie. Yes. I mean, he would. He has to Zombie. be here. <laughs> <Zombie>. <laughs> okay, but I'm saying we could argue that Jason's a bit, a bit of a mama's boy. A bit? He's a bit. Okay, he's a, a huge mama's, mama's boy. boy. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, that thing with Mike and his sister is coming off a little freaky, huh? In what way? What, oh, do, we, what do you mean? That is a <laughs> serial killer is a little freaky. Yeah, That's not good at you. That's not good at you. I'm just saying, okay, also with Halloween, this is again my some of my reasoning. Uh, agree or not. I'm saying with the first film in Halloween, awesome. But the sequels, I think, kind of get worse and worse. Oh, what? Halloween 4, dude. Halloween 3. I know. I'm not saying every one of them. I'm saying like three. We watch five with Paul Rudd. Not good. Okay. H2O is arguably, I would say, as good as the first one to me, personally. Okay, well, what about four? Four is also good. Return. I it's like okay. the ones with Jamie. I do like those ones. I think those ones are good, but I, I don't really like anything in between. And I definitely love H2O. Dude, it's like, it's very good. I don't okay. know, how can you not like that? I'm not well, saying I don't do like it. How do you feel about just, the remakes? I think that it just is so important that Jamie Lee Curtis is in all of them because I feel like she makes, she just ties it all together. I mean, Agreed. to me, it could suck, but if she's still in it, it still just ties everything together. I think she's fucking badass and it's she's awesome. She's the glue that holds yes. the franchise yes. together. Yes, totally. I've heard people argue against that. They say, well, get, get yeah. her out of here. No, it's, it's the same I, thing, you know? Come that's what on. you she's want. She's getting old. We gotta, oh, no, I don't agree. You don't want it to get creative? You don't want to see Mike Myers in space? I don't, I don't, I think that makes it worse. I would rather just keep the <laughs> okay. same, like, people. Like it makes the storyline seem like it's an actual story. Like if you just add random new people and you keep changing things, I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't, it just seems like it's a different movie or a new movie. And I forget about it. I don't think about it. I don't remember it. I remember it more if I feel like I'm actually watching a one, two, three, four, five. When they mixed them all up and they did the four and the five with Jamie and then all that shit, I, I don't remember. I, I don't really know. But once you go in H2O and on, I remember that shit because she held the story together. She's definitely the glue. Now, see, now that's maybe where our opinions differ because for me, I like Friday the 13th when they mix it up. They get creative. It's fun. You know, it's, it's unique. It's, it's uh, different. To me, it's not really like a franchise then, though. It's just like different movies thrown together with the same serial killer. I would rather have... And it's the same thing with Scream. I love that Nev Campbell is in all of them. It may, it ties it all together. It just wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be as interesting if you didn't have at least one main character that was like pivotal to the film. Okay. Okay. I like where you're coming from with that. Now, in my opinion also, and this is my last point, I'll, I'll argue for my opinion here. Um, the character Jason and his, his mythos, I think, just develops better over the course of Friday the 13th than Michael's does. Because we, get, we go from like the reasoning in the first one with his mom... We get we get to see hillbilly Jason with the bag the sack, the potato yeah, sack. with one eye hole, <laughs> and then we He's see just a little slow. Yeah, only cut one eye hole. Then, then we see him get his mask. Then he's going to Manhattan. He's going to outer space. He's a fucking renowned traveler. And in the Halloween movies, when they try to expand on the mythos, and this is where I think 
the reasoning like behind their like we talked about earlier like one's born one became like in terms of the halloween mythos they tried to expand on it at least when they try to expand on like the origins of mike i don't i just it doesn't work like it's creepier for me to have mike just be some kid that snapped and we don't know why and he's just pure evil let's leave the mystery like you were saying like when rob zombie tried to expand and make it like a reasoning behind it or like the paul rudd one where you see like a druid curse was put on him and like it just doesn't work for michael's character i don't i, I agree fully yeah. um so you know those are just the reasons for me personally mm, okay now did i persuade any of you to maybe uh rethink fuck no dude come <laughs> on <laughs> Okay. Oh, because at the end of the day, you know, Friday the 13th was just made off of the uh, success of Halloween still. Hey, a lot of things were tweaked, dude. Gatorade, Powerade. GoBots, Transformers. Yeah, I mean, Transformers still still the best. I'm just saying. So Gator- Friday the 13th. Gatorade's still the best. Is Friday the 13th then just directly related to this movie? The date. Oh, well, we'll get into that because okay. let's, I mean, let's get into the, uh, well, first off, let me, okay. The first one apparently did take place on a Friday the 13th. Yeah. And we'll like, okay, I've got that. But I mean, first off, okay. We discussed the films. Yes. Now let's take a look at the true real life nature of this stuff because it's always creepier when horror movies are based in reality right love it yes yeah we love that now i'm searching and searching because i'm thinking bunch of teens getting murdered at a camp like this has definitely happened at some point in history right yes of course has to well couldn't really find too much on except for these two cases and a lot of people seem to link the lore of friday the 13th um with like these cases, I guess I I don't know. I mean, you guys tell me because this one this one's pretty creepy. This first up, so we got the Lake Bodum murders. Uh, and keep in mind, you know, this is true. This is probably the most famous unsolved homicide in Finnish criminal history. And many say this could have served as inspiration. Although the writer and director claim that Friday the Thirteenth was not based on any particular murder case. Um, But check this out. So I'm looking into this stuff. So Saturday, June 4th, 1960, uh, four Finnish teenagers decided to camp along the shore of Lake Bodum. Now, I assume this is also where the metal band gets its name. It is. Great band. Check them out. (laughs) Okay. Um, So also not Finnish. So going to butcher these names. So we have (laughs) Mina Ermleib Jorkland and Anja Tuliki Maki. Both 15 years old, along with their boyfriends, Seppo Ontario Boisman and Niles Wilhelm Gustafson, both 18 years old. Mm. Back in the 60s. That's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the 60s is Finland. Um, So sometime between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. on Sunday, June 5th, 1960, Micah, Bjorkland, and Bozeman were all stabbed and bludgeoned to death. Fuck. Gustafson remained the only survivor with a fractured jaw and a concussion. Both of these injuries corroborated his version of the events. Uh, Now, he claimed to have seen a glimpse of the attacker clothed in black and bright red. At 6 a.m., a group of boys birdwatching reportedly had seen the tent collapsed and a blonde, tall man walking away from the site. 
Now, the bodies were discovered at about 11 a.m. by a carpenter named Esko Oiva Johansson. Johansson. Uh, Johansson, who called the police. Uh, they arrived on the scene around noon. So the bird watchers just didn't give a shit? They just kept on with their bird watching? Well, from what I could gather, they were like pretty far away and they just remember oh, seeing okay. it. Like okay. they didn't go investigate sense. or anything. So okay. uh, Bjorkland was found undressed from the waist down and she was lying on top of the tent, had suffered most of the injuries out of all of the victims. She was stabbed multiple times even after her death. Uh, Gustafson was also found lying on top of the tent next to his girlfriend. Um, now, the killer had then had also taken several items, uh, which detectives found puzzling, including uh, keys to the victim's motorcycles, which were still at the scene. Uh, and even Gustafson's shoes were later discovered partially hidden about 500 meters from the crime scene. Now, Gustafson is the only one that survived? Correct. But I mean, he could have taken their keys just so that they wouldn't like, in case they were alive, that they wouldn't have left, not necessarily to take their like, yeah, motorcycles yeah, or whatever. True. Uh, the murder weapons have never been found. And the theory is that the killer had attacked the occupants through the sides of the tent while he was standing outside with a knife and some sort of blunt object, most likely a rock. Just like Jason. Cool. Yeah. Now, police basically botched the investigation. Um, they did not close off the site. They didn't even record the details of the scene and almost immediately allowed a crowd of police officers and other people to trample around disturb evidence. Um, now, some years later, Gustafson was arrested and charged with the murders, uh, but he was acquitted due to lack of evidence. And the killer remains at large to this day. Damn! What if it was that guy? Right. Who well, is he? Blonde and tall he was and not, walking away. He was not blonde, but what stuck out to me was his girlfriend had the most most of the injuries, oh. and she was on the tent with him. And isn't it always they say like the most injuries is like the most like personal? Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Like a loved one did it, yes. and they yeah. And after and her after death, death, like. Yeah. But I mean, they were, they he went on trial and they acquitted him. Like he was. If the glove Found does I, not fit, you, you must, must acquit. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Now, what are we thinking of that in terms of like Jason stuff? Sounds similar? Or? Very, yeah. Mm, kind of. Could what be, year did this happen? This was 1960. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility, but wouldn't there be something somewhere saying that like he got his idea from... Yeah, I mean, I think they would own up to it yeah. if they did. And maybe it was a subconscious thing. Like maybe they were reading about this one time yeah. many moons ago and just, you know, thought, hey, creepy idea. Had a dream. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, that was the most like similar murder I could find. Uh, now, number two, and this one is a bit of a, a vice versa situation. Um, so... Here we see the films influence a series of killings, although I feel like this was probably sensationalized, but uh, you tell me. So this is Peter Moore, a.k.a. the Man in Black, a.k.a. the Gay Serial Killer. Now, I am not making that up. One tabloid, <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> tabloid tagged him as that. Uh, so this guy was born in 1940. He ran a theater in Northern Wales. Now, apparently, he was super into specifically horror films. Who isn't? Uh, so he obviously would have been familiar with Jason Voorhees and the Friday the 13th movie series as a whole. Now, he murdered and mutilated four men in 1995. 
So at this point, there's nine films out. Uh, now, his victims. So first victim was Henry Roberts, age 56, stabbed to death at his home in September of 95. Next victim, Edward Carthy, 28, was stabbed and buried in a forest after meeting Moore in a gay bar. Uh, Keith Randalls, age 49, a traffic safety manager, was similarly killed as he slept in his caravan at Roadworks on the A5 in November of 1995. And Mr. Randalls was dragged from his caravan and stabbed to death. Now, later when asked why he killed Randalls, Moore replied, for fun. And he also confessed to police that there was a certain enjoyment in killing. Jesus. This sounds more like Michael Myers shit. (laughs) Okay. Now, his last victim was Tony Davies, age 40, a married father of two, and he was stabbed at a beach in North Wales, on the North Wales coast in December of 95. So this guy is basically caught by authorities and apparently confessed to the crimes, but then he retracted his confession and pled not guilty. Now, during his trial, Moore told the jury the crimes were committed by a homosexual lover he nicknamed Jason. Uh, So this is where people, I guess, make the whole Friday the 13th connection. They say, like, the killings are like theorized to have been copycat crimes inspired by Moore's love of cinema. Uh, the jury found him guilty on all counts. He was sentenced to life imprisonment in 96. Uh, no victims beyond the four he admitted have been suggested by police, and he is still rotting away to this day in Wakefield High Security Prison. Oh, fuck. How old is he? Oh, I guess that wasn't that long ago. Or does it feel like it was? Yeah, but yeah. he's like 56 when, in 96. He's pretty old now, right? Uh, Yeah, he was born in 1940. So him nicknaming his lover, what does that mean? He was like hard for Jason in the movies? Well, or they, they think it was like uh, an Jason alter did. ego, <laughs> I guess, is yeah, what they that theorize. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, now, what's your stance on that specifically? I want to ask you guys this, like... What's your stance on whether or not like horror movies incite violence in the real world? I think it does like, I don't know, in people that maybe have no imagination or people who are just killing to like go to jail. You know, you hear about those stories that are like, well, they murdered someone, but they they wanted to get caught and they wanted to go to jail. I feel like people just use that as maybe as an excuse, but I don't think that real yeah. fucking psychos are like, oh, I watched a movie and then I did this. And it's always snapped. a cop out, especially in mm-hmm. like a fucking mm-hmm. court case to oh, yeah. get somewhere like, oh, well, I'm crazy. And these movies, like when we were just watching Scream, he said he was planning on going to trial and saying that. It was because of the movies he watched made him go fucking crazy. But it's like I don't really genuinely believe that a movie can make someone go crazy unless you're already uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there were wasn't there a killing in Florida like based on the scream murders? <laughs> that's, Maybe so. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I think he wore <laughs> the mask and everything. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think it's like um, it's like you were saying, like copycat killings can definitely happen, but I can definitely happen, but I don't think it's like the movies or like rap lyrics particularly to blame. No. You know, like the person responsible for doing those crimes, he's probably going to do them anyways. Yes. Like whether or not the movie exists, this guy probably still would have killed those guys. Totally agree. Uh, Maybe maybe he would have done them in a different way, you know? Um, but it's like, like the same same debate you get with like video games. Yeah, like video games, rap stuff. music. Like, yeah. Oh, it's because you know this, he this, plays these games where he's shooting people. He thinks yeah. he can do yep. it in real life. It's like no, dude, you're just insane. 
Yeah, like with this more piece of shit. Like I think <laughs> he was like he was a sick guy long before the fri- he saw the Friday the thirteenth film. Yes. You know? Definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean I think he still would have killed people. And I was actually reading this article from the Washington Post titled What If Horror Movies Actually Stop Crime? Comma, not cause it question mark. That would be a superhero um, movie. Well, basically these economists uh is Are they saying that like it just they're able to watch it on there so they can get fulfilled versus like actually committing the crime. Yeah, essentially like these, I guess, economists, Gordon Dahl and Stefano Della Vigna, uh, they analyze data from movies released in the U S over a decade's time. And according to them, for every million people who view a violent film on a given day, violent crime decreases across the nation by 1.2%. So, uh, like, on a weekend with an average number of viewers go to see a violent movie, uh, that film deters nearly 1,000 assaults. And, yeah, their whole spiel is essentially that, like, horror movies or violent movies help scale back the crime rate because people capable of committing criminal acts, they're drawn to the theater when a violent film is released, which in turn prevents them from uh, committing crimes. Interesting theory. Yeah, and even old uh, John Carpenter. I was like watching an interview with him, and somebody was asking him like a similar question. He was saying that the reason for a lot of these movies is the culture we live in. It's events that go on in our world. You know, it's like that uh, hardcore Boston beat town. This is a violent culture. I you mean, just yes what you were no. used to seeing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, I mean, he's just saying that it's the time signs of the times. Now, you're saying you tend to disagree with this, Carpenter? I'm not saying I disagree with him. I'm just saying, well, I guess I'm thinking of it in a sense of there's definitely no one that's murdering people that's surviving their head chopped off and being stabbed multiple times, things like that. But I'm just saying that, yeah, I mean, no shit. These crimes are happening all all the time. Um, and, And maybe it does give someone some sense of relief, but I feel like a real serial killer watching a fucking movie is not going to do jack shit. To make them be like, oh, well, I just saw this movie, so now Not I don't have to kill. fucking kill someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, right? agreed. And, and who, the is. who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? Who does? Um, but now that we got most of the uh, gruesome stuff off the table, break out that lucky rabbit's foot and throw some salt over your shoulder because we're getting into superstitions. Uh, now, are you guys superstitious at all? In no way, shape, or form. <laughs> okay. I know Rob is, though. Yeah, Rob. Rob won't even let us use the Ouija board in our own house. And he w- won't wear Eagles stuff on game day. Unless You're the, the same, game. Ryan. You won't wear. You have to wear your Lakers jersey because well, that'll hey, help them win. You told me that. I didn't. And it worked. I just mentioned you weren't. I mean, oh, I guess NBA it did. NBA champions. All right, well. Yeah, so, okay. Now, what, what now specifically, so no superstition at all. How about you, Rob? We, well, we know that. Well, you just covered it. Okay, so. and, you're, and you're doing a lot of the tarot readings as well. Now, is that, <laughs> does that necessarily fall under superstition? That's more just like kind of a cult. Uh, Energy. Okay. I wouldn't say it's a cult. Not a cult? How is it not a cult? A cult means... How is it a cult? A cult means hidden knowledge. Tarot readings bring you knowledge that you would not have seen in the universe, correct? Then everyone is in a fucking cult. No, not no, no. in a cult, a cult. Like, oh, cult. Oh, yeah. LOL. <laughs> I, I didn't know what that meant. 
<laughs> I just feel like a lot of people uh, use, you know, the word occult in a negative. Yeah, way. well, not me. I love occult stuff. We were doing the Ouija board the other week. Yikes. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> so, <laughs> we didn't get anything. But <laughs> we have had some better. Better. what Ryan told Our yeah, sound bar keeps turning on, but other on, than that, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's get into it. I mean, you were asking, Friday the 13th, is this based on the superstition at all? So superstition, and specifically the fear of 13, where does that come from? You know, who's writing this stuff? Where does it come from? Where does it go? Yeah, so... Negative superstitions have surrounded the number 13 for centuries, and fear of the number 13 even has a psychological term. Not me, baby. Me either. That was my basketball number. Woo, that's the day me and Ryan started dating. Friday the 13th? Yeah. And I, yeah, nice. it was actually Friday the, the 13th. The 13th. We went to get tattoos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now this one. So the term for the fear of 13 is triskaidekaphobia yeah. uh, and fear of. Friday the 13th specifically is Frigatriskaidekaphobia. Uh, we'll call is that, that a real word. Yeah, well, they call it Frigophobia. Can we just do Friga? Yeah, sure. Frigophobia. Friganphobia. <laughs> Friganphobia. 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 So you might be asking, you know, how did Friday the 13th gain its unlucky reputation? I don't okay. know. Okay. I'll give you 13 reasons. <laughs> well, Is not that related not, to the TV show? Not, yeah, I was going to say, not really. I don't have 13 here, but... Isn't that a TV show? It is. And is that now you're a fan? Is there any? Con, is there <laughs> Isn't any connect- that a show for like teens? Yeah, I think it's like it a is. tween show. Is there any? Tween. Con, yeah. Is there any connection to Friday the Thirteenth with that? No. I mean, no. It's just. It's a, just is it unlucky? Dies, yeah. Okay. Okay. So she's unlucky. Okay. She leaves these tapes she? behind for thirteen of her friends. Okay. Well, explaining we, you know how yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. how everyone plays die, a part. Gonna die. No. Okay, this is okay. Dark. <laughs> All right, so, so good uh, show. Okay, Would recommend. All right, so reasons on like how thirteen got its unlucky reputation. So Western cultures have historically associated the number twelve with completeness. You know, you got twelve days of Christmas, twelve months in a year, twelve zodiac signs, twelve labors of Hercules, the twelve gods of Olympus, and twelve tribes of Israel. The list goes on. You get the idea. People like 12. Yeah. Now, one of the earliest examples of Unlucky 13 is said to come from the Code of Hammurabi. Uh, This was basically one of the first legal codes that was written down, um, proclaimed by the Babylonian king Hammurabi, who expanded the city-state of Babylon along the Euphrates River to unite all of southern Mesopotamia. Now, he reigned from 1792 to 1750 B.C., uh, it's reported that this omitted a 13th law from its list of legal rules. Now, some people say, hey, this is proof of 13's longstanding negative associations, but others say this was just a clerical error, you know? Guy forgot 13 one day. Yeah. Uh, now, up on 14. <laughs> now, another theory points to the Last Supper as a possible origin of this fear. And I was noticing lots of religious connections, as we'll see. And that's where I was thinking maybe T-Bag could help us out because he's highly religious. Um, he so, is? Yeah. He right. is? Yeah, he went, he's he went like, to a Christian school. But he's also, what I've gained is that he is like the Kanye West of this podcast because whoa, whoa, whoa. not only is he highly religious, but he's a fan of the prequels. 
And I was listening to Kanye on Rogan, True. huge fan of the prequels. I got um, the high ground. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So with the religion stuff specifically, we got the Last Supper. Um, so we got Christ plus his 12 disciples. Uh, you know, you've all seen the painting. Uh, and Christ plus 12, what's that equal? Christ plus 12? 13, dude. 13. Uh, so does it equal thirteen though? Because Christ is above us, you know. Okay, right. So he's in yeah. he's he's not schematics. He is still <laughs> he's Christ. technically not a person. Okay, all right. Well, we're he's not getting God. technical here. We're getting he's a Lord. That's still thirteen people in the room. Oh Christ! That's where the phrase started, actually. <laughs> okay, so Christ and his disciples. You know, they're at the supper. They're palling around. They're having a good time. Um, Except he's, for Judas. Yeah, he's got his 12 apostles. Judas, who betrayed him, is there. Uh, now, oh, boom. Plotting. Next day, of course, was Good Friday and the day was it of a good Friday? Jesus' crucifixion. Was that well, a Friday the 13th? Not for <gasps> Jesus. Oh. They, not for Jesus? Yeah, they nailed his ass to the cross. So, so Friday the 13th. And, but no TGIF for Jesus. But was it a Friday the 13th? It wasn't a Friday the 13th. But look, you have the 13 people at the supper, and then he was crucified on a Friday. So you see oh. the, like, beginning. overthinking to me. But <laughs> How was that overthinking? 13 people. You think that's where this shit originated from? Because there's no, 13 I'm people No, I'm saying that's where bitches. a lot of people, because from that He's rose the, this... The unlucky 13. Is yeah, like so because from that rose the superstition that 13 guests at a dinner table was bad luck. And three days later, Christ would rise, speaking up. <clears throat> And it specifically, Shit. if you had 13 guests at a dinner table, it courted death. You know, maybe one of the guests would die by dawn or maybe within a year. Maybe the last Ooh. guy who sat, maybe the first guy to get up. You know, the list goes on. Yada, yada, yada. There's a bunch of different It's versions. like the whole death comes in threes type deal. Yeah, similar. Should we similar. test this theory? Testies? Let's we're have 13, 13 people, people over for dinner. No, we're going to Sizzler. <laughs> <laughs> Last supper. You guys oh, can do that fuck. with your Ouija um, board. Don't count me in. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now, so just as we have Jesus crucified on a Friday, Friday was also said to be the day that Eve gave Adam the fateful apple from the tree of knowledge. Again, this could have been a question for Adam. Was that on a Friday? Yes or no? Uh, also... Friday is the day that Cain killed his brother Abel. So we can already see the blend of Friday and 13. Who's Cain? And Cain who's and Abel? Cain and Abel, it's a, a biblical tale. He You're not to, familiar? He his brother. No, uh, I'll read it to you one night. No, thanks. Just okay. whatever. <laughs> right, so, want me to read you a bedtime story? <laughs> so this is like some people point to this as sort of the beginnings. It's the seeds that will grow into the Friday the 13th myth. Now, next up, we got the Knights Templar theory. This goes a step further, linking Friday the 13th. Um, and, you know, we can see this with the fall of the legendary warriors, the Knights Templar. Galloping hooves, you know. <laughs> Yeah, super fucking metal. We need to do a whole episode on these guys. This is very like Indiana Jones. You know, this is right up our alley, especially Teabag with the whole religion appeal. Um, actually, Teabag probably would have been a Knights Templar if he, Maybe he is. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know, um, check this out because the group uh, we'll call the group we'll call them. They were founded around 1118. 
Very old. As a military order devoted to the protection of pilgrims traveling to the Holy Land after the First Crusades, in which the Christians captured Jerusalem. So the Knights Templar, they quickly become one of the richest, most influential groups of the Middle Ages. They basically invented the concept of banking. So Um, this is kind of what it touches on in the beginning of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, if you're familiar Yes, and in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with the knight in the fucking grail room, you well, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. We already said that. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, they, they start getting, you know, they really knew how to diversify their portfolio. They start getting a ton of donations from various crowns of Europe, and this all added up, making them super wealthy, super powerful. They even ran the books for the French crown. So um, this is just, you know, where getting money for the church and taking over other people's lands well, no, and no, no. fighting over religion all kind of starts. Well, no. I mean, that it goes before that, but with the Knights Templar specifically, they were protecting they people. They made it hot, you know. Well, no, they were they were not stealing. They were protecting people for favors. So people would be like, hey, you know, have this plot of land, stay here. Um, if they would, like, protect them on a journey to the Holy Land, they'd, like, give them a lot of their treasures to hold on to. That's where, like, the whole banking thing goes. Oh, it's like okay. a whole spiel. Okay. Um, Pirates almost. Yeah, so now, well... Okay, so by the turn of the 14th century, uh, the Templars established a system of castles, churches, banks throughout Western Europe. And as we saw in our last episode um, with Elizabeth Bathory, you know, once you have wealth, people are out to get you, especially back then. Now, for the Templars, their fate was sealed in the early morning hours of Friday, October 13th, 1307. Mm-hmm. Now, a month earlier, secret documents had basically been sent out by, uh, had been sent by couriers throughout France. Um, they Going were s- over documents. Hmm. Now, they were sent uh, by King Philip IV of France, who was basically in a massive amount of debt to the Templars. So he was just essentially decided, oh, I'll accuse these guys of some bogus crimes and bing, bang, boom, problem solved. Now, these papers he sent out, they included details of the Templars' involvement in black magic and scandalous sexual rituals. Um, Now, in the days and weeks that followed, that Friday, more than 600 Templars were arrested, including the Order's treasurer. The men were charged with a wide array of offenses, including heresy, devil worship, spitting on the cross, homosexuality, fraud, and financial corruption. Uh, Now, pretty much all these guys were brutally tortured with instruments like the strapdo. So this was when... Got that strapdo. Yeah, this was when... (laughs) This was when the hands of the accused are tied behind their backs and then suspended in the air by a rope around their wrists, dislocating their their shoulders. Their soldiers? One of the accused hands were tied so tightly that blood pooled in his fingertips and he was kept in a pit no wider than a single footstep. That's disgusting. Uh, Now, many of the men were stretched on the infamous rack. Rack city. And uh, their feet were dipped in oil and set on fire. Now, within weeks, hundreds of Templars confessed to the false crimes, uh, their land, their money. This was all confiscated and officially dispersed to another religious order. And, of course, King Philip got his slice. Uh, Now, within weeks of their confessions, many other Templars recanted their confessions, and some lingered in jail cells for two years before Philip had more than 50 of them burned at the stake 
1310. Guy was a savage. Yeah, now the order was formally dissolved, bringing an end to this remarkable era and launching an even longer-lasting theory about the sinister nature of Friday the 13th. But like many legends involving the Templars, their history and the truth remains murky at best. So they could still be, like, secretly existing, possibly? Well, that's what a lot of people theorize, and I mean, that's a whole nother episode for okay. another day, but this is okay. just another, like, Friday the 13th, people connect out with unlucky because these guys were very unlucky. Just another whodunit. Yes. Now, now this next one. So this is what I think most people would credit with popularizing the whole Friday the 13th myth, um, and this would be the creation of the 13 Club by a one Captain William Fowler, uh, 1827 to 1897. This guy was a distinguished soldier who rubbed elbows with former presidents and other high-profile people in the late 1800s. So I guess we could call him a gentleman and scholar. Hell of a beard, too. Yes, there's a picture of the gentleman there. Now, this guy basically noticed that the number 13 kept popping up throughout his life. Uh, you know, he's like Jim Carrey in that movie, number 23. He went crazy and started writing 13 on everything. <laughs> I mean, essentially, like he says in his youth, he attended Manhattan's public school, number 13. He graduated at the age of 13. Later, he was employed as a builder, during which time he erected 13 structures in New York City. Erected? Yeah, like built them. Oh, <laughs> He also got 13 erections. Uh, <laughs> That's it. His whole life, just 13 of them. Uh, he fought in 13 battles in the Civil War, and he resigned his commission on August 13th, 1863. And on September 13th of that year, he bought a bar on 6th Avenue at 28th Street, the Nickenbacher, Knickerbocker Cottage. The Knickerbocker Cottage. He eventually kind of weird, but well, okay. Well, he eventually sold it on Friday, April thirteenth, eighteen eighty-three, and he was the thirteenth member of the ancient Arabic order of the nobles of the Mystic Shrine. This was one of thirteen secret social organizations to which he belonged. Nice. So this guy sees thirteen everywhere. You know, he he looks and and he doesn't notice any curse or bad fortune. So he says, "Hell." I'm going to scoff in the face of this stupid superstition against 13 and form my very own secret dinner club. Uh, So at 8.13 p.m. on Friday, January 13th, 1882, in room 13 of his Knickerbocker cottage, the good captain and 12 men, 12 plus 1, he recruited over the past year, gathered for a highly symbolic dinner. To reach their meal, guests walked under a ladder and under a banner that read Morituri te saltamus, or those of us who are about to die salute you. For those about to rock. Yeah, these guys are very rock and roll, super ACDC fans. Uh, (laughs) So 13 candles were lit. In 1882. And 13 courses were served. Dude, this is tripping me out. Salt shakers laid spilled all over the table, uh, and tossing a pinch of salt over the shoulder was strictly forbidden. Mm. And so the 13 Club was born. 
Now, the 13 Club had among its honorary members four former U.S. presidents, Chester A. Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, and Theodore Roosevelt. Now, obviously, with endorsements from presidents, this brought guys from all walks of life and many other positions of power. And I guess, like, these secret clubs were all the rave, you know, back then. Oh, yes, I'm part of the 13th club. Yeah, like, everybody was forming (laughs) some secret dinner club. You had the Freemasons, you had the Shriners, you had the freaking Rosicrucians, you had a freaking... uh, Gabagool. (laughs) You had a... the Order of the Golden Dawn, you know, uh, the, these are the secret boys clubs, you know. Uh, you also had the Morgue Club and the Vampires. Um, but eventually, vampire. yeah, now eventually the hype ran out. The 13th Club would even pop up here and there in newspapers as late as the 1920s. But it would also eventually fade out. Fade to black? Or did it? Maybe this is like the Knights Templar still around, still some secret club. But it's just, it seems like it's just a bunch of old guys with a hard on for uh, bad luck superstitions. Definitely. There's only 13 of them, so you might never know. Yes. Now, so we got that. We got everything we just talked about. Now, in 1907, author Thomas William Lawson put together this notion of bad luck by combining the unlucky Friday and the unlucky 13 with his great American novel, Friday the 13th. Uh, now I was really looking for stuff on this, but I couldn't find too much except for the actual book. Uh, but essentially it's like a tale of an unethical stockbroker who takes advantage of the superstition to game the stock market on Friday the 13th, uh, described in the novel as wall street hoodoo day. Uh, now, as we said, you know, the, as we said, while the idea of Friday and 13 being unlucky existed way before this book, um, this, along with everything we just discussed, certainly helped popularize the idea. So you got all these things uh, building up this myth of Friday the 13th. And even to this day, people won't put uh, 13 floors on a building. They skip and they go to 14 on like the elevator, you know? That's pretty interesting. I mean, Doesn't to be that f- superstitious about Yeah. It, it's crazy that it exists to this day. What about uh, the Tower of Terror? Oh, R.I.P., baby. 13 floors, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, and 13 of floors of the Cavalier. But it doesn't exist anymore. The it does in Disney does. World. Oh, it does in Disney World? Let's go. Yeah. Oh, a must. Now, so your friend, open. doesn't your friend work for an elevator company? Actually, yeah. Do they skip? Um, Ooh, 13? I'll ask her. I don't know. Okay, that might be interesting. Yeah, because from what I gather, because I'm looking this up and I'm like, where did this start? And I guess it's like early building designers back in this day, they feared um, 13th floor. Like they thought it was bad luck. They were very superstitious. They said, let's omit this. Um, this practice became commonplace. And eventually it just found its way into like, standard practice uh well once you know adolf cores went off the 13th floor you know everyone thought it was cursed yeah, but this is even before that and but it, i feel like also in a sense people would want to stay on that floor for the reason that it could be creepy or scary or be creepy, cursed creepy. yeah <laughs> i well, would want to stay on it well in vancouver uh their city planners banned the practice of skipping 13s because they said this could lead to mistakes for first responders 
and that's 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 I mean, true. Yeah, that's I mean, valid. come on, guys, we can't be. Well, or just you know, superstitious. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, you know. Uh, they now, said, hey, you crazy for that one? <laughs> now, even if we look at like more recent times, aside from like all everything we just talked about and the films, because those definitely helped popularize the idea. Um, a number of, we'll say, unlucky events or tragedies have taken place on Friday the Thirteenth, including, but not limited to. The German bombing of Buckingham Palace, this was in September of 1940, bombed by the Nazis uh, in World War II on Friday the 13th. Wait, you're positive of these dates? Oh, yeah. I I double-checked all of them because I found this list, and then I went and fact-checked all of them. Uh, Now, there was also the murder of Kitty Genovese in Queens, New York, which was on Friday the 13th, March 1964. And this is actually where I was looking into this case because I was like, Genovese, was she the mob? Um, Hey, freaking Kitty Genovese. It's not. It's not. She's just a a Queens residence. But this is where we get that whole bystander rule. You know, the rule that's like there was so many people that nobody did anything. Um, because it's, it's, it's interesting. Like the, a lot of the eyewitnesses say that there was like 30 witnesses and she was stabbed in an alley right outside of her apartment to death and was like screaming and nobody helped her because I guess like everybody thought somebody else would. Yeah. Well, and they don't want to talk. That's true too. Yeah. I guess. They like, don't want to no talk to the cops. Yeah. Yeah. This is even like, you remember in Boondock Saints when the Definitely. priest is like this poor soul cried out. Yep. He's talking about this case. Really? Yeah. And because he says, he says the name Kitty Genovese, but actually I was reading. He this, says the name in the movie? Yeah. I, I went back and I looked that up too because I was like, he's got to be talking about this case. That's, um, wow. That's yeah, awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, I was looking it up and I guess like people went back and looked at this case and this is again like everything else we talked about with like myth and folklore it like started off as like maybe there was like two witnesses and then it snowballed into like, oh, there was like three witnesses. And then, oh, there, the next guy said there was like 10 witnesses and it eventually snowballed into there was like 30 people saw this lady get stabbed to death, but really only like one guy ever admitted to like hearing the murder. Damn. What do you mean by that? You mean the people s- claim they saw it, but no one heard it? What do you say? No, like there was an article in the New York Times that was like 30 people heard her being murdered and nobody did anything, okay. but that was just like Publicity. untrue. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, there was also a cyclone that killed more than 300,000 people in Bangladesh on Friday the 13th, November of 1970. She moved about it like a cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, uh, do you guys know the like Uruguayan Air Force Flight 571? The one that crashed in the Andes Mountains and the survivors had to eat the other people to stay alive? Don't even know what that means. Uh, I've heard of it. You heard the case? That happened on Friday the 13th, October 1972 was when the plane crashed. Uh, There's also the crash of the Costa Concordia cruise ship off the coast of Italy, which killed 30 people on Friday the 13th. hearing about that too. Yep, Friday the 13th, January 2012. And let's wrap this one up, guys. And we can end on this one because this is probably the biggest travesty of them all. We got the death of rapper Tupac Shakur. Friday the 13th, September 1996. Zam! 
killed right after the Tyson fight. Yeah. R.I.P. So pour one out for Tupac. Throw some salt over your shoulder. Get your rabbit's foot. And have a happy Halloween. Halloween from everybody here at the podcast from outer space. So there you have it, guys. Friday the 13th. I mean, is there anything we left off? Anything you guys want to talk about, get into, anything you can think of? I just want to say thanks so much for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. Hey, yeah. Thanks for saving the Halloween episode, as they say. You got it. I love it. Wasn't I here on last Halloween? Yeah. You're like Charlie Brown. A little tradition, maybe. A little podcast tradition. You know, let us know if you guys liked hearing Lexi chime in on this one. You guys better like me. Adam always does a... uh, (laughs) <laughs> TLDL, too lazy, didn't listen, and sums up the whole episode. So what do you got, you know? Just a, like a sentence or two, sum up the whole episode. Me? Yeah. You know, Jason, hell of a guy. I, I don't think he's as good as Michael Myers by and any means. no one means. does besides Ryan. Agreed. But he, he's awesome, and he's brutal as fuck, and I think he could pretty much make it through anything. He's, you know, literally gone to space. gone to hell and back, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> Really, literally done it all and and love the guy. I don't love him as much, but you know he, he's he's great. And I've actually learned a lot tonight in this semi history lesson. I just thought Friday the Thirteenth was like, oh, just this random day that yeah, they started making movies on. Cheap. Yeah, get a tattoo for a hundred dollars, any yeah, size well, you want. It's kind of become that, but exactly. I mean, I never knew that there was actually so much behind it. And uh, to my surprise, I actually enjoyed learning. A little bit about it as well. Okay, so there you have it, guys. Now, on this one, um, we got a site, sci-fi.com, Michael Myers versus Jason Voorhees by Kev Stewart. Uh, History.com, Friday the 13th. LiveScience.com, The Origins of Unlucky Friday the 13th. Blog.nyhistory.com. So check those out if you want more info on Jason Voorhees. Or Friday the 13th. So once again, guys, um, happy Halloween. Hope you guys uh, get to eat all the candy you want and hope you're staying safe out there. And on that. Hey, guys, as always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, If you want to get in contact with us, hit us up on the DMs, you know, Podcast from Outer Space on Instagram, podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email, tell us what you like, tell us what you learned, tell us what maybe you want to hear in the future. And uh, if you want to... Check out some sweet merch, podcastfromouterspace.com, baby. We got some new shirts coming your way, possibly some hats, you know, throwing that in the mix. And uh, on that note, happy Halloween, y'all. And follow me on Instagram, Rexy Lake. So long and happy Halloween, motherfuckers. Later, boo. Halloween. This is Halloween. What's this? Halloween. It's Halloween. Halloween.